0: When you're deep in a dark dungeon and the cleric's down and dying and you've taken all the potions you had left and you feel like you are doomed because that demon you sent loose is coming after you and you can smell its breath. Don't ever give up. Hello. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Roleplaying Exchange. I'm your host, Adam, and joining me today is... Chris Ammon. And Noah Carden. Today, we're going to talk about picking a genre and picking a system. Right, For me and everyone I've dealt with with role-playing, it seems like I mentioned tabletop gaming and then I have to explain it as role-playing. Mm-hmm. And then I have to go, no, I'm not playing Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> seems like, is it me or is D&D or any of the F20 systems, is that kind of the idealized image of role-playing? It's, it's definitely,
1: definitely the, the most popular, yeah.
2: Yeah, um, no, it's, it's definitely the forefront and it's, it's what's been around since the 70s. Yeah, like
1: whenever, like, that's typically whenever I tell somebody I'm into role-playing games. That's kind of how, how I have to explain it. It's like, okay, so it's like you know what Dungeons and Dragons is, right? Well, it's I do stuff kind of like that. I don't necessarily play Dungeons and Dragons. I play like other stuff, but that's like the the basic concept. You you're you're sitting around a table and you're talking to other people and you're rolling dice and, and stuff like that. So I
2: usually, I usually just describe it as improv with
0: dice.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way of
2: doing it.
0: Occasionally, I've also had to say, no, I don't dress up. Which, nothing against LARPing people. I mean, right. that's awesome.
2: I mean, yeah. I dress up. But that's more of a sex thing. <laughs> that's the other kind of role-playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, sh- speaking of
1: that, if you haven't looked at the, the Shadows of the Demon Lord Kickstarter, you should at least watch the, 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 the video
0: for that, because that's actually pretty good. Should All right. I, can I watch it with my daughter in the room?
1: Yeah, no, it's just a guy standing there, but he's just talking, and he kind of...
0: Okay, some jokes, right. so it's all good. First off, picking a genre Dungeons and Dragons, along with as I mentioned beforehand, the Batman role-playing game that I played in the <laughs> early nineties, were my first raise in role-playing. I still
1: can't believe that that's a thing. Yeah,
0: like like I can I understand like superhero like role-playing games, but the fact that
1: it's
2: just Batman the role-playing game. The best part is it's Michael Keaton's Batman
0: too. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> It was 1992, guys. It was an innocent time. No, hey, that's fine. (laughs) But um, as far as as it goes with me, I I played those systems. Well, (laughs) I played Dungeons & Dragons and Meander through Batman. And I enjoyed it, but I actually don't find myself drawn to that particular genre as I looked into role-playing as time went on. I found myself becoming more attracted to Call of Cthulhu. And that was kind of where my focal point was starting out, call of Cthulhu, and then by proxy trail Cthulhu, and so forth. How about everyone else? What's your uh, take on this?
2: Well, I'll,
1: uh, let me ask you a question. Um, do you do you find it to be like the the Eldritch horror, like H.P. Lovecraft aspect of it, or is it just sort of the the horror role playing that you you found to be the attractive part?
0: I've got to be honest. It was the Lovecraft element. I, I, okay. I fell in love with Lovecraft through Army of Darkness and then the Necronomicon. And then, you know, you just kind mm-hmm. of fo- follow the breadcrumbs. So so you're just kind of into racists. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Uh, I'm not going to fight and die on this hill today. <laughs> well, we are all in the south, so. yeah. <laughs> this is true. <laughs>
1: Um, okay, well, I, I mean, I was just kind of curious, because, no, I mean, it, Call of Cthulhu and stuff like that, it's very much a horror role-playing, and you don't necessarily have to use the Call of Cthulhu aspect of it, because, I mean, it's basically just uh, BRP, basically role-playing system.
0: Yeah, So it was Lovecraft, though it was horror as well. Uh, I fell in love by lo- going into a comic book shop in the 90s, and there was a copy of Cult. And you open it up, and the artwork is, you know, it looked like a Slayer album cover. Right. And I just so... It's that darker aspect. So that was really, as far as genre goes, I've never really played much besides Dungeon World that wasn't in the horror genre category. I gotcha. That's fair. What about you,
2: Chris? Like every other nerd on the planet, I started off with uh, D&D, and I played that for a few years. Next, I went off into uh monsters and other childish things and don't rest your head so like horror adjacent if not direct horror yeah and mainly for me it's the weirdo postmodern stuff that i like so i like monsters i like don't rest your head i really like unknown armies i I really want to try playing uh over the edge or what's that is that what it's called uh the one that's based on the city of spies and all that right
1: also a really good episode of batman the animated series but that's
0: beside the point It all comes back to Batman, guys. It does all come back to Batman. That's a really good episode. Now, there were some guys, and Jason, a friend of mine, he'll eventually be on the show, I'm sure, that I knew as I was growing up that did enjoy doing the Dungeons Dragons-style RPG Mm. games. And as much as I wanted to actually play a role-playing game in general, it just... There's something about, and I don't know why I'm like this, but there was something about high fantasy that kind of turned me off personally about it.
1: No, yeah, I can I can totally understand that. I, too, started with Dungeons & Dragons, started with of the fourth edition, as I mentioned last time. And, like, that's kind of what we started with. And then, like, we kind of quickly moved from that to, like, the basically the not high fantasy, fantasy, like, genres. Like dark. I, like Dark Sun. Like yeah. I said, I, I really yeah. like Dark Sun. I liked sort of that... That Conan the Barbarian low fantasy, like almost no magic. Any magic that is, is around is like really, really dangerous kind of stuff. And Warhammer fantasy, which is basically the Holy Roman Empire with some magic and like some elves and stuff like that. There's always like demons and junk all over the place. You have to watch out for that. So.
2: Yeah, man, watch your back. They're coming for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the, like, basically, the entire Arctic and Antarctic is just full of demons. It's nuts. Shit. You don't want to mess with that. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. There's okay, so Warhammer Fantasy it's basically old Earth and there's at each pole there's holes into the warp, which is just like this hell dimension, and demons can just kind of come out of there. It's it's crazy.
2: We're talking um Hellraiser here.
1: Uh kinda, yeah. There's it's I can talk all sorts of junk about warhammer fantasy, but I don't want to take up too much time with that. Stuff. <laughs> just genres in general. I always like I don't know. I'm not super picky. I think so long as it's not Palladium, I'm okay. <laughs> and even then, like some of the stuff, like Palladium setting wise, like the bare bones concepts is kind of neat. But I won't. Go, I don't want to go anywhere near that. That's oh, just a it. Is makes me sure, a nightmare. Yeah, it makes my yeah. brain hurt already. So,
0: so what? Was, what kind of advice would you guys have for somebody who's wanting to get into role playing and being a GM in particular about genre selections and choices?
2: Well, apparently, start off with D anD D because everyone does. Um, yeah,
1: it, it's kind of default, but I would I, say
2: sincerely what? though, I would really say don't ever start with D anD D. Yeah, no. try something else. It's um, a lighter system, or figure out what kind of thing you want to play. If you want to do a Western... Look at it, look at games that are kind of Western-centric. Yeah. If you want to do, actually do fantasy, do fantasy.
1: Yeah, if, if you're thinking about getting into role-playing games, especially running role-playing games, look at your bookshelf, look at your movie shelf, figure out like what your favorite movies are, and there's probably a role-playing game that will encompass at least one of those genres on
0: your shelf. As far as genres go, it, it seems like we have a lot of sci-fi, which you could type, you could kind of, would it, I guess Eclipse Phase would go into that. Um, there's, there's, I mean,
1: there's, fan, there's high fantasy, low fantasy, um, cyberpunk,
2: urban fantasy,
1: urban fantasy, dungeon punks, dungeon punk,
2: um, Cowpunk, uh, Western punk, Cyberpunk, all the punks. So yeah, there's all the punks. Diesel punk. punk.
1: punk. I'm actually a big fan of Diesel punk. That's just here Um, uh, well, I just had one and I just forgot. Oh, um, Primal punk, which is the Genesis, the German role-playing game that oh. Human brought out over here a few years ago. That's getting a reboot now. And I'm really about that. It's it's really really neat. Like it's it's basically. Uh, did either of you ever play Rage?
2: Yes. Of course I played Rage.
1: The, the, okay, so it's basically Rage. That's, like, the, the background. It's basically an asteroid hits Earth, but it's full of, like, this weird fungus, and just, like, it hitting Earth, like, shifts, like, the bounds of the planet and stuff like that, and basically all the European countries become, like, these kind of cold, frosted over, like, wastelands, but... Africa becomes like this new Eden, so they're basically the, the major political power on Earth now and stuff like that. While well, all the Europeans are scrunching around in the waste of the old world as like barbarians almost, so it's really, really cool. But the nice. system isn't all that great. But, like the sci fi, cyberpunk, um, superhero role playing, which there's all a huge genre within that of like
0: Batman. Kind of, yeah.
2: <laughs> the Batman, Batman role playing game. <laughs> I feel uh, like that's just going to keep coming
0: up every time. I'm gonna have to eBay this shit one day.
2: We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna have to play it.
0: <laughs> I doubt you could get the PDF at RPG uh, draft. I call dibs what. on Batman. <laughs> Damn it! I
2: call dibs on Adam West. <laughs>
0: nice. Hey, here's here's kind of a weird thing for some people. At least speaking from my own experience, starting out, my introduction to some of the bigger systems and genres weren't through role-playing games like tabletop as much as it was through video games that had spin-offs like mm-hmm. i had i'll date myself again um i had the original uh shadow run games for both um super nintendo and uh oh, sega yeah. genesis i i
1: picked up the snes super shadow run game after the fact like a couple of years ago but it it's it's really good it still holds up
0: i can also talk about hunter played it on xbox dungeons and dragons there's been several incarnations on oh, yeah. um, like i the beholder and different types of games like that it really helped me make personally informed decisions on what i wanted to try to do on a sheet of paper mm-hmm. i i thought shadow run was cool but i, I, I kind of like more it's, yes oh my god rough
1: I love Shadowrun.
0: I have played
1: close to 100 sessions of a Shadowrun campaign in Shadowrun 4th Edition, 20th Anniversary Edition, which is basically like 4.5. And I love it, and the system itself is okay, but like if you try to get specialized into like hacking or magic or any of that stuff, like the two kind of really big things, it just kind of it heaps it on you and it doesn't ever stop. But then you get to roll like a fistful of D6s, and it feels so good to just roll that many dice at once. Like See, a
2: boss. That's why I use one-roll engine. It's always an yeah, no, excuse no. to roll like 10 billion dice. Or 10. Which, well, no, I'm, we're doing rain right now, so like oh 15.
0: Uh, it's, it was intimidating, and I find myself periodically looking at the rule book. But uh rain's pretty awesome. It's very reminiscent, obviously, of uh, Better Angels, but yeah. it's like Better Angels that hates you. Or at least my character <laughs> hates me. It seems like this is kind of cool because uh, organically, as we keep talking about genres and we go into systems, we're actually getting to the next topic on hand. As far as a GM starting out, you've got two different approaches. You can start out with a rules light system, which one row engine. I guess I would that would kind of categorize under most criteria. Correct.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. I, I think Rain is pretty rules heavy, but stuff like Monsters, which is another one roll engine system, it it, it depends on 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 which side of the the because there's
1: basically there's two sides to it. There's like the the um, better angels and um, dirty world side of it, and then there's like the godlike and wild talents. Oh god, wild talents and, and and Rain side of it where you can you can use the same basic system to be both rules light and rules heavy. Which is actually really cool. It's actually kind of a unique thing about um, one on engine.
0: But, yeah. yeah. So you have your rules-light systems, and then you have your rules-heavy system, which I guess Eclipse Phase would probably be at the apex of that, or Continuum, I guess. <laughs> but no yeah, one yeah there's else so- Okay.
1: Eclipse Phase can be kind of complex, but that's really, like, all the extra stuff. The system itself is basically just D100 system, and then you add or take away multiples of, like, ten.
2: I would say, though, that it's incredibly complex in that it's front-loaded. Like, character creation, oh, yeah. okay. building all that stuff makes... It,
1: it definitely can be very difficult to get into initially, but like once you kind of have your, your character there and have at least a little bit of knowledge of the world, it's, it's fairly easy to just kind of say, I want to do this, roll this skill, add or take away bonuses of 10, and you're good.
0: So once you have it down, it's it's the learning curve is easy. Mean,
1: yeah, it, it it gets a lot easier. Pretty much any sort of system, it gets easier the more you play. But I definitely think there are a lot more difficult systems right off the bat than
2: Eclipse Space. Yeah, I mean, honestly, in some ways, D and D is more complex. Oh yeah. yeah, but it's that that's why it's kind of such a tragedy to me that it is the introductory system for so many people. Yeah
0: yeah I don't know if you've ever seen any of those self help kind of guitar books and tapes and stuff like that but when i was learning guitar in the 90s my grandmother bought me cassette tape like a videotape and you'd stick it in and you hit play and it's like okay here's a g and here's a c and here's a d and here's an a and here's a little bit of clapton and then (laughs) here's a g here's a c here's an a and here's classical guitar (laughs) and that 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 may be what kind of stunts some players is when they start out they Mm -hmm. they're they're in the fast lane as i had my renaissance with role playing i was looking at systems and what i wanted to play with my home group i didn't think my group was very much in the high fantasy so oh. i avoided that and went for i wasn't gonna do call of cthulhu but then the rules on it while not complicated they were more complicated than what i thought that i wanted to deal with at that moment so i actually went for a rather rules light system and started using gumshoe mm-hmm. yeah. Which is, it worked out, I mean, fairly easy. It's, uh character creation doesn't take very long. And as far as point, uh, you only roll when it's actually, pretty much you're doing actions. I mean, mm-hmm. most of the game is just point spins. It's yeah. uh manipulation um, numbers and all that. Mm-hmm. But I will point out that Gumshoe itself changes the, the
2: type of game it you're playing, too, because Gumshoe is very investigation-oriented, so.
0: Yeah. Right. It's, which has been kind of a downside. I know I've mentioned this to you, Chris. There's been times that I've sat down with my home group and played, and I'll lay the two d six on the table, and the the session end, and nobody's picked them up. So yeah. at, at times I always I do worry it when I'm playing these games if my friends are enjoying it or if they're just kind of humor men using this as an excuse for all of us old men to get together and play games. Right. I've actually been playing with the idea of switching it up at some point to doing Call of Cthulhu to where there's at least action, so to speak. Yeah. We um, could always it, do Unknown Armies. Eh, eh, eh? <laughs> That's taking the training wheels off. We still got the training wheels on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: I, I definitely think, as far as role playing games, they're definitely worse, as we've already said multiple times, they're definitely worse places you can start than with, like, um, A BRP system, so like Call of Cthulhu or just regular basic role-playing where it's just day 100 you have a percentile, you roll under your skill to succeed. If you roll under your skill, you fail. Just kind of real easy to kind of understand rather than having to worry about like certain modifiers and things like that. It's all just kind of right there on your sheet. And then if you wanted to do like a, a... an attribute based thing it's just that number times 5 or that number times 4 or 3 it just dependent it's a lot easier than having to worry about trying to calculate stuff off of a, a a d20 sheet and add in all that all that junk
2: this is why um i actually just started a game with a bunch of brand new role players basically myself my my wife and my roommate are the only ones who are experienced right so I decided to, they all wanted to play a D&D. So instead of doing that, I just had them play Dungeon World. Nice. Which is the basically the rule's lightest system you can have for mm-hmm. fantasy. Next to Cthulhu Dark. Yeah. Oh, my God. I want to play Cthulhu oh, Dark. It's so much fun. Oh, God. You know what I really, really want to play, though? Mm. Dread. Oh, God. Okay.
1: Remind me when we get to the end of this. Well, I'll do my, my anecdote about my experience with Dread at Gen Con. Okay.
2: okay. Make cool. sure to remind me. Yeah, <laughs> okay. but anyways, I mean, I, I think Dungeon World was perfect for it because it is, it's is—it's incredibly simple to run. It's incredibly simple to for the players. Like, you can create a character off of two pages of paper, and um, everyone got really into it by the end, even though I kicked a girl in the chest.
0: I was... I was holding back. You told me that.
2: I, <laughs> Wait, like he's kick somebody in real life. What? Yep. It what was the, an accident. What the hell happened?
0: Why were you f- your feet flying about? Like fucking antidote. Let's hit this now. <laughs> All right.
2: Okay. So first off, I should mention that I'm very tall. Um, I'm I'm six three and Jeez I weigh Christ. like I weigh two hundred something pounds. Um, and. The girl I kicked, her name is Laura, and she is five feet tall and weighs about half of my weight. So.
0: She that, stepped out of the kitchen, right?
2: Yes. No, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> this is Sparta. We, we, had, we had differing opinions on intersectionality and feminism. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's how all my bar fights start.
2: <laughs> what did you say about Renee a motherfucker? <laughs> um. Yeah, no, uh, another character had done a move that was vaguely wrestling-oriented, so I tried to show it off, like, to <gasps> oh, use, God. Use, my, use my body as an example. <laughs> and I did, and I tripped, <laughs> and I kicked her so hard in the shoulder she cried. Aww. I feel so bad about it. Oh my God. were you trying to do a suplex what the hell happened <laughs> uh, no like basically it was a scene where the, char- the other character is a basically a bodybuilder kind of mm. person and what she did was like just grab two people who were in front of them and just pushed them so hard that they flew behind her and that action like that grabbing two people and pushing them caused me to lose my balance and fall forward <laughs> Oh, wow. And to keep my balance, I swung my foot forward. And I kicked her so hard, and she cried. Oh, God. Did you did you go, boom, souls ready? I should have gone, oh, yeah, my Hulkamania has returned, brother. <laughs>
0: That's
2: really all I know about.
0: So I guess it derailed the game. For about two <laughs> few minutes. She, she was a good sport about it. <laughs> About
2: my (laughs) assaults. Your vicious role-playing base attack. (laughs) Listen, guys, I get really into the
0: game. Apparently. Sounds that way. The uh, fun part about Call of Cthulhu, for me, is, of course, I've read all of H.P. Lovecraft's works. Regardless of his um, leanings of uh, race and equality in the days. I I read it and loved it, but then again, I'm I'm an English major. Everything I've read is by... Racist, sexist, white males. So, I mean, you you kind of get desensitized <laughs> to it, Chris. That is also how I feel about Maya Angelou. <laughs> <laughs> I do know why that cage bird sings. But the fun part is now, if me and you started playing, there's an element of meta to it. Uh, we were playing a Trail Cthulhu scenario. It was a Bayaki, or I think it's how it's pronounced. I started describing it's the creature. It's does Adam. It doesn't, oh.
1: There's no true way to say it correctly.
0: <laughs> but when you speak with the southern dialect, it really becomes impronounceable. With my home group, they know jack shit about H.P. Lovecraft. Right. So I don't have to worry about, such as when I'm playing with Chris and I'm describing a creature, and one of our players, oh, it's a Bayaki or backhoe or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> he enjoyed that, and I'm not saying using monsters that people are familiar with detracts from a game in any sort of shape, form, or fashion, but he knew what it was, and the horror element of it was clinical, I guess you could say. Yeah. Whereas people who haven't experienced Lovecraft, I can describe these otherworldly creatures and they have a much more, uh, uh, or at least a different impact on them. Yeah. So so when picking my little tidbit on this is, if that's a concern of yours, there's two different levels of enjoyment. It's kind of like a shout-out, like, oh, there's Asathoth. Or, there's, or, you know, shooting
2: down a Bayaki as if you were an English hunter in Africa. i really got to <laughs> limit that guy's <laughs>
0: firearms.
1: Boom, Yeah, bring me my Shagath gun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that picture so much. <laughs> <laughs> nice times. So that was the reason that I stuck with the uh, Lovecraft deal with my home group. Now, as you mentioned beforehand, Chris, with uh, Dungeon World, they wanted high fantasy, but that's kind of Dungeons and Dragons is kind of hitting the fore running, so to speak. So you're kind of easing them into it. Is there any plans in the future to run Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder or any such system, or do you want to? Is everybody going to kind of stick with uh, Dungeon World? I'll probably play some D and D. Honestly, I started them off
2: with a weird game itself because. I based it on the plain art codex which is oh god yeah very very plain that's that's a that, that's the easiest to get into right oh super easy at least for me um <laughs> but I also read philosophy in my free time and thinking about grad school so yeah no I, I like I, I do plan on showing them other more difficult systems but I want to give them like the whole breadth of genre before uh, we move into something deep, deeper. So I plan on like running a sci-fi game for them, a horror game, a fantasy game, a dumb a dumb comedy game. That are monsters, probably monsters. I just love monsters and other childish things.
0: What about yourself, Noah? Uh, Chris and I have been taking up the majority of this. How, how did your selection process go? About
1: it, kind of goes. It's it's pretty similar to like my idiom, my idiom, sir. When it comes to to making a, a scenario or something like that, it's it's basically. I get a wild hair up my ass about like a particular thing I want to do, so I go and try and find a game that will do that. You should probably see a doctor
2: about that. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I probably should. But the big reason I got into Deadlands, both versions of it, was I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption, which is probably my favorite Rockstar game ever. I agree with you. And like, it's like, I want to do. A, a super cool like spaghetti western role playing game, so I went and just kind of just did a search for what uh western role playing games and I got a couple of things and Deadland was one of them and it was like, this is you know the weird west so it 's the comic the guy with the melty face jonah hex there it is that oh, guy okay. yeah uh Jonah Hex and Briscoe county jr and and all that stuff. As a role playing game. And I absolutely love Briscoe County Jr. I watched the shit out of it when I was a kid. So it totally helped that when I got the player's handbook for original Deadlands Classic, the forward is done by Bruce Campbell. And that is amazing. But
0: <laughs> of course. Yeah. That is, that is pretty badass.
1: Yeah. So it, it's just kind of stuff like that. It's like I, I, I think of like, I watch like a movie or a play a video game or something like that and I'm like, man, this is really cool. I want to run this in something. Let me try and find a system that kind of already does that, so I can just kind of it makes the transfer of what I want to do with it a whole lot easier than having to go through and like remake a whole thing or really try and put the, the square peg into the round hole.
0: Uh, people, people have already done the work, so why reinvent the wheel? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. There's there's a lot of systems already out there, so let me go yeah. and try and find something that works along with it.
0: Personally I would have gone for something like
2: Dogs in the Vineyard for that, but
1: Yeah, I mean and there's a bunch of Western games out there now and it's just kind of trying to figure out like kind of what I want to to do with it. Dogs is I haven't had a whole lot of experience with dogs. I know it's basically your your Mormon air quotes enforcers for the church and there's like some weird Christian demon exorcism kind of thing to it. Sort of. Yeah, there's um, there's some there's some weird stuff with that but i haven't had a,
2: a whole lot of experience with dogs i want to i want, I want to try something with dogs eventually but oh I'll, I'll run it sometime last time i played it um i was basically the mormon punisher <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> did you have a skull on your long underwear that you wore underneath your outfit no my um i remember one of my aspects was uh i can shoot the devil from across the valley that's pretty sick yeah, it was it was a great term.
1: So yeah. Another like another example is I recently and by recently I mean like last year, I got um Accursed, the Accursed RPG. Okay. Which is a um it's basically a setting for Savage Worlds, which is a generic system technically. That you can just buy like setting books and stuff like that. They'll add like some, some flavor and stuff like that and add like a whole new world and, and character options and stuff like that. To the core system. So I got that because I saw that, and it's basically you play monstrous, like universal monsters, but as like the <laughs> heroes. Hmm. And uh, I saw that and I was like, man, this looks really cool. This is basically like if I wanted to run a Castlevania slash that kind of terrible in a, or good in a terrible way, or terrible in a good way, um, Van, Van Helsing movie. From like 2004 with Hugh Jackman, I wanted to run a game that was basically that. Like, I could totally use this. And then the fact that you can have a golem, so you can be like a Frankenstein's monster, or you can be a literal like stone golem, or a, a hay golem, or stuff like that. Or you could be a um, a mummy that uses its sarcoph- sarcoph- sarcophagus <laughs> as its battle armor. It just seems super super cool. That's- Oh my god, that's so fucking pulp. I love it. It's so cool. Yeah, Savage Worlds, for anybody that doesn't know, Savage Worlds is basically a pulp role-playing system. Everything about it is just super, super pulp. All the settings pretty much are pulp. Deadlands Reloaded was is one of their flagship settings for Savage Worlds, so
0: there's that. I think it's the kind of the... you're talking about not reinventing the wheel, and <laughs> that's... One of my attractions to Gumshoe is there's a, several different games and genres that use mm-hmm. the same system, and yeah. I don't have to change it. I've had friends <clears throat> who mentioned they wanted to do more of a space opera Whoa. style game. I'm like, well, there's Ashen Stars, and yeah, I can totally. tw- tweak that. Um, they even have a supplement to change Pathfinder over into the Gumshoe system. I haven't looked at it or anything like that. but
2: I w- would say, though, that Gumshoe itself necessitates the genre that you're doing. I mean every, every gumshoe game turns it into a mystery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like every Savage Worlds game turns the game into a pulp game.
1: Yeah, like you're 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 not going to be doing like real investigative stuff with a Savage Worlds game. It's going to no. be very much like El Matador. Yeah, yeah. El Matador, which I really want to get Day after Ragnarok. Just oh, because I have that just because it's it's first of all it's Ken Height and fuck it's Ken mm-hmm. Height. And second, it's another one of those pulpy, awesome action deals. Uh, yeah, there's definitely kind of think about like I said, just kind of think about what kind of genre you want to play in and there will be a system that is designed to do that.
2: Also though, think about like the players themselves, what they would want mm-hmm. to do.
1: That too. Yeah. You should yeah. always talk to your players about what they want to do and what they want to get out of the game so that you kind of experiment with stuff so So,
0: Noah, you were mentioning you had a nice little anecdote for us
1: oh god okay so this was this is my anecdote about dread two years ago so not this past gen con but the one before that me and my friend who is my group's gm we decided that after watching ross's lovely video on dread we just found that shit way too hilarious we were like, okay, this is a game that uses Jenga tiles to, to determine, like, success or failure. So we are like, alright, we want to try and play this. So let's see if we can get a game of Dread at Gen Con. And what do you know? There was, in fact, a game going on of Dread at Gen Con. And it was basically just The Walking Dead with Dread. So The Walking Dread. That's literally <laughs> what it's called. So we go to this game, and our GM is late because he is kind of drunk and he was hitting on some girl at a bar and he showed up maybe like 20 minutes late, but it was fine. We had enough time to kind of like look over the characters and like he was like the official GM but there were some other people at the table who also were like his friends that were kind of like helping run it. This wasn't an official game, by the way. This wasn't like the 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 actors actually running it or anything like that. This was somebody an independent group running it. So he shows up, and apparently somebody forgot to bring the actual Jenga tiles. So, Whoa. <laughs> so here's the thing, is that you don't necessarily really need the Jenga tiles to play Dread. It's basically either it's – either, it's a binary, almost. It's yes or no. So you could take, like, a fist of dice, any dice – and just roll it. And so long as you get above a half, it's like a yes. And if you get half or below, it's a no or like you succeed or you fail or basically. So we spent like maybe an hour, two hours. I don't know. It's all just kind of a blur at this point, but we were playing the walking dead and it just got real gonzo and really weird and I ended up holding my friend's hand for what was way too long. Yeah, no, it was it was really weird. <laughs> it was re- it was re- I don't. I can't understate this enough. It was weird. Um, but there was a lot of people, and at one point, one person was Herschel, and then another person turned into Herschel. So there was two Herschels, and what? yeah, no, it was it was. Was this planned,
0: or was this just no, kind of... No,
1: it was basically... The GM was like, okay, what do you want to do? Okay, I like that. role, And that's how it... That's basically how it worked out. Like, that is basically the game. And while... I wouldn't say it was necessarily a great experience for displaying dread, or necessarily a great experience for role-playing... It was still fun, just because it was so. We did not know what to expect, and we did not know what we had gotten ourselves into. That sounds like madness. It was absolute madness. I oh my god, it was so bizarre.
2: But (laughs) I would play that absurd heartbeat. It was yeah. It was a it was a time. It's like it's a Eugene Ionesco play in the tabletop format.
0: Yeah. No, it was. It was fucking weird. Was this planned, or was his alcohol?
1: No, like- I think he he had just gone out, and then like he had gotten like one too many drinks, and then like he had been talking to this girl, and then realized, oh crap, I have to go run a game. So he like had to like run all the way to the convention center. It was really really fucking weird. I wonder what was going on
2: in his booze-addled mind
1: <laughs> the whole time. I, I don't know, man. I really don't.
0: So it was, he, he was either a genius or just fucked up. Like it, it, there's no in-between there. There's
1: a fine line between those two, I think.
0: <laughs> awesome. Chris, give us one thing that beginning GMs should consider, again, about choosing a genre and system to play in. Uh, look at what you want to read, what you like to read, what you like to play, and what your players like to
2: read and play, and go from there. And- Anything you'd like to add to that, Noah? No, I think... Chris,
1: pretty much hit the nail on the head. That's, that's, that is ultimately the, the probably the best advice I can give for picking out a, a game, a role-playing game, is look at the stuff that you like and do some research to see if there's a game out there that, that kind of does that and try that out and just make sure there's that dialogue between you and your players that okay. so long as everybody is enjoying what is going on, you're running a successful game.
0: And to add one last thing to that, I believe you should keep your scope small in the beginning. Oh yeah! Uh, oh yeah! just branch out like so if there isn't anything further to add I guess uh, we'll be wrapping up another episode of Real Plane Exchange again I'm your host Adam joined by I'm Noah and I'm Chris and uh, thank you for your time I'd also like to take a quick moment here to thank Ghost Mice for allowing us to use their song Critical Hit as both our intro and outro to the show thanks guys don't ever give up not all fights are won by skill Number one by luck, don't ever give in.
2: You've gotta keep on trying till you lose or you win. Cross your fingers, roll the die. Wait with hope for the big
0: two-o. Cross your fingers, roll the die. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Let, let it, it roll, roll, let
2: it roll, let it roll.